This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 perfect champion. 93-7, the ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Welcome to the second hour of On the Block. It's been some great discussion today. We talked a little bit about Bryce McGowan's and his wonderful move to make the jump by signing a agent and uh, pursuing his dream and going to try to make a run at the NBA. Talked a little bit with uh, Stephen M. Sipple about what we expect and think as Nebraska returns to spring practice. We've had some wonderful talks about the, the, the NCAA tournament and just all the different dynamics that are happening there, the upstates. And is the Big Ten um, in you know, falling short of expectation or has the Big Ten basically, you know, measured up in this in this year's tournament? And and what are your thoughts over the last years? Do you think the Big Ten is is overrated? Uh, text us on the Sauter Heyman text line at 402-464-5685. Or do you think the Big Ten is just basically just just coming up short when it comes time to the big game? So let's talk about some of the recaps. I mean, obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of expectations when you 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 have uh, a conference that you know dominates the uh, getting the players into the tournament, and you know you have a lot of expectations that those those teams would be able to move on at least into the second round and and hopefully beyond. But we've noticed that as of late, that hasn't been the case. So as we recap, I mean, we'll go back through it. I mean, let's start out in the West, and you know, Michigan State a seven seed out in the West uh, had a real tough go against Davis. And that was expected. Uh, some people actually picked Davis in the clip them on that one. That was one of those ones where you kind of throw it up against the wall and, and, and hope that you were able to uh, land that victory in, in your brackets. But, uh, you know, they were able to pull it out with a 74 to 73 win only to face a number, uh, the number two seed in Duke and to lose by nine game uh, nine points. You know, so what is your thoughts about uh, Michigan State out there in the West? Yeah, I mean, I thought they, they played well. Uh, and, again, going up against Duke, it was going to be difficult. Um, I, I Again, that's a team – that's what I've been arguing this whole time is that, yes, the Big Ten um, – you know, numbers-wise, had the most teams in the tournament, so you might have expected them to do better. But I didn't expect Michigan State to beat Duke. I thought they played well. They, they you know, they they pressed them um, probably better than what I expected because Michigan State had been struggling late in the season. They were just a tough read all year long. I mean, they could, they they, you know, they was kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde, and it it wasn't necessarily going on runs or streaks. It was just kind of who was going to show up that night, which Michigan State team. Um, so I mean, I, I was happy with what they did. I, I did think it would be kind of cool. If ultimately Coach K beat uh, was taken down by Tom Izzo, I thought that would be a fitting end. Um, but of course, a lot of people are hoping for the Tom or for Coach K's run there. But ultimately, I think now thirteen and three is what Coach K ends up against Tom Izzo. So uh, I know cause some Duke fans will. Uh, you know, really look at. Uh, I think they beat the Zion team a couple years ago, Michigan State. So they've got some important ones. But for for the majority of the career, Coach K's had Tom Izzo's number. 
Yeah, I mean, I look at that game as well, and 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 I find that they just Duke right now is in a situation where you know they came up short in the ACC tournament. They lost the big one in the final game at Cameron Indoor Stadium against the North Carolina team that really embarrassed them. And now you get a third chance. I mean, you're two strikes, and most people would say three strikes, you're out. And they're getting a second chance to do something unique and different. I mean, I think anything less than than a, a final eight would would not go well for them in ending the the great one of the probably arguably the greatest coach uh, in college of all time. And uh, I don't think they want to let that happen. I, I think they feel as if they let them down. They they've let the Duke faithful down. And then uh, they just ended up at the five-minute mark at a close game. It just, you know, kept hitting big shot after big shot. It just seemed like they just they just was not going to let it happen. And so they find themselves here in this week 16. So uh, just ran up against a tough one, just kind of a tough scenario to be playing against is kind of what they, they found themselves in, in a situation. Let's move out. Let's move out to the south. So in the south, we had Illinois obviously getting past Chattanooga. Scraping by just like <laughs> just like Michigan State with a 54 to 53 uh, a win against Chattanooga. And Chattanooga is a tough team. So you just kind of saw the writing on the wall. I, I kind of actually thought Chattanooga was going to clip them early. Um, but nonetheless, no, actually, I thought they would get past them. Um, but I, I thought they would. I thought UAAB would beat Houston. But Houston's proving to be a tough out. They're playing some great basketball right now. Uh, Tubby Smith's got them going, and they ran up against a, a, a hardened, tough, even missing some of their their best players and Sasser and and so forth. That, you know, they just they just ran up against a tough one against a a tough Houston team. Yeah, again, Illinois is just a tough read. I mean, they did end up winning the Big Ten uh, regular season title, kind of backing their way into it because of Nebraska's victory against Wisconsin. Then they had to beat Iowa, though. I mean, that was it was well deserved. Um, they just never seemed um, to be as dominant as they should be. I thought that was the team with the talent that uh, of a top 10 team, but they were always like borderline top 25. Alvonzo Plummer, one of the best shooters in the country, one of the best shooters in the Big Ten, certainly. Kofi Coburn, uh, you know, just a massive All-American in his own right, uh, back-to-back now. Trent Frazier, I thought that was the piece, at point guard that was going to help him, you know, just kind of get, get everything in order. He was, a, you know, a senior member of that team that, you know, the Curbelo off the bench I thought was going to be great. Granderson and Hawkins. Uh, so they just had a lot of pieces that I expected um, to, to be able to make a run. They're the type of team that I thought could could make a run and ultimately just weren't playing their best basketball at this time of the year. Again, a lot of it, I, I wonder, is you know about Curbelo. I think that he, um, for what it's worth, last year uh, subbed in at times – uh, when their star point guard and, and former All-American Ayu Disomu went down, he looked like he was going to be the next big guy there. And it just didn't, it didn't turn out very streaky, could at times look the part, uh, other times would shoot him out of the game or, you know, have turnovers playing too fast, all that stuff. Um, didn't play in the second half of that game. So you got to kind of wonder, as a, as, a, as a guy coming back, is he, is he going to hold that against Brad Underwood? Because his playing time was streaky this year. Um, and for what, of it, for what it's worth, it never... Uh, ultimately, they they just didn't. I I think that that team never hit its 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 peak of what it could have been. I thought they had a lot more pieces there um, to be better and, and to turn in more wins. So that is a team I'm a little bit disappointed in. Yeah, I would have to say I'm very disappointed. But um, you know, Kofi did his thing. I mean, he had almost uh, a double double with 19 and eight. 
Uh, he did what he was supposed to. It just seemed like everybody else came up a little short. Frazier only had eight. Plummer only had eight. They just didn't seem to – their assist numbers were way low. And that's just something that's tough. I think just the game plan that they had against Kofi and just, the, you know, understanding that he was going to be tough and, and, and they were going to fight him off and just do the best they can to uh, keep him outside of the, uh, you know, just totally dominating the game. It just made the difference. And so, uh, yeah, they came up short. I, I didn't expect them to, to make a crazy run, you know, let alone yeah. get out of the second round anyway. So at that point, and that, you and- know uh, – yeah. Well, I was just going to say, too, like Kofi Coburn can dominate at times, but it's just a it's you know, you're playing old school basketball compared to yeah. the modern day. So can you make a run? Can you still be, you know, a big man can make his way through the tournament? We've seen it before. It just seems to be at, at times a matchup problem for for Indiana where, you know, you have to go small ball. Then you're taking your best player and your big time advantage off the court. But if that's how the game flows going, you don't have a choice. Yeah, no question. No question about it. And, and staying out there. Uh, in the South, we're going to talk about Michigan. Michigan, a lot of people had high hopes in, in, in uh, Colorado State. They thought that, you know, they had some good key pieces that could have made a, a little run to the 16, but um, it was not the case. Uh, Michigan clips them by 12 in the first round and then find themselves against the very tough Tennessee team that a lot of people had high hopes on and going deep into this tournament. And, uh, you know, they, they pulled off what some would say is impossible, being that Michigan was, was, had such a topsy-turvy se- uh, team coming in at 19 and 14. So, uh, you know, how, how do you view Michigan now facing a really, really good uh, Villanova team uh, that, that, that is very strong inside? But, you know, I think you got to look to Hunter Dickinson and, 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 you know, continue to shoot the ball well and, and make sound plays and give yourself a chance against the Villanova team. Yeah, talk about a team. I talked about Illinois. That Talk about a team that never really hit their peak. That seemed to be Michigan. Again, a top-five team coming in, the number one recruiting class in the nation. Hunter Dickinson surprised everybody by coming back. I mean, that, there's a reason why they are where they were because they have the talent to be one of the top teams in the nation. Just hasn't flowed quite well. But it seems like t- tournament time, uh, you know, over the last several years, I know I'm going past uh, Juwan Howard's uh, tenure there at Michigan, but they always have really good guard play in the tournament. Um, and it, it helps them make these runs. And I thought Eli Brooks, you know, that sky hook at the end, a thing of beauty to, to even have the confidence to take that shot, but it went in. Um, I thought he stepped up his game, um, and, and so things are, are kind of flowing well there for them. Uh, I think Villanova's a tough matchup. I, I think Jay Wright gets um, probably less credit than he deserves. I don't know if it's going to take three national titles before we start crowding him as one of the best in the game. I mean, I think he gets it. It just maybe gets lost a little bit because um, he plays in the Big East and in Philadelphia and all that stuff. But uh, I, I, I have a lot of respect for them, so I think their run might come up. How, how big of a, of, a, of a swing might we have had if Ohio State beat Villanova? Then all of a sudden, you know, you have Ohio State-Michigan. Mm. Everybody's talking about the Big Ten matchup, uh, the, you know, the rivalry matchup in the, in the Sweet 16. I think that would have swayed the narrative quite a bit. But, again, I think Villanova's probably better than both teams. I have them coming out of that bracket. But good for Michigan to make a run because they do have the talent to play with everybody. Um, it's just, you know, can they, can they string a few together? They haven't been able to all year long, so no better time to find it, find it you know, the flow than now. And Villanova's a tremendously good defensive team. Uh, they don't shoot the ball extremely well. They're 205th in the nation as far as field goal percentage at 43 or 44%. Whereas Hunter, uh, Hunter Dickinson inside and, and the play that they like to attack the rim. They've got good mid-range shooters. Uh, they do a lot of things with an offensive style that's very reminiscent of a pro style. 
Um, you know, they don't shoot the three uh, tremendously well, whereas Villanova does a little bit better than them. And and Villanova's going to attack the rim a little bit. They 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 don't mind getting to the free throw line. They're they're first in the nation in, in 82 percent from the free throw line. So that's one of the things that's a key for them for winning games because down the stretch, if you're close, if you're trying to, you know, if if you're behind at any point, that's where their strength kicks in, and that's how they close out. Uh, that's tough. I mean, being in the South too. I mean, <laughs> the Big Ten had three teams in the South. That's that's crazy in itself. They. They got sent out of their region and, and had to go out and, and make a trip. And Michigan's the one that's coming out right now, the better of that that group. Uh, then we go next to Ohio State, uh, ran up against Loyola, Chicago. That game was just horrid. It was a horrid game to watch for me. It was just one of those ones where no one could buy a basket. And finally, you know, Ohio State just kind of pulled out and, and ended up pulling that game out in the end. Um, you know, played pretty tough against Villanova. I thought they fought. Um, it was solid. Um, you know, EJ, uh, uh, Liddell had a solid game. Um, Branham played very well, just came down to the stretch and it got to that free throw situation and just could not, uh, get back. They, they kept trading baskets with them and you couldn't trade baskets with a Villanova team. You'd have to be able to kind of make it tough on them. And so they came up short. So what's your thoughts, uh, you know, throughout that, 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 uh, seating? with uh, them going to the second round. Well, yeah, I was glad that they played them a little bit closer than maybe what I expected. Th- this team has not been the same since Zed Key went down with injury. Now, he was back. I don't know if he's 100% healthy, not quite putting up the numbers that he was before. He had, had a solid game, you know, um, as far as rebounds go. He had 11 ge- rebounds in that game. But, um, you know, that was the difference in this team there down the stretch. Uh, Branham has really picked it up. Obviously, Big Ten freshman of the year, we'd all like to disagree with that. But, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a first-round projection. As well, um, so you know, kind of in the same same area that that Bryce McGowan's is in. I thought they they did solid for what it is again, but like I said, not expected to win that game as the seven seed going up against Villanova, who who I you know I already gave my thoughts about with them with their matchup with Michigan. Uh, just one of the better teams. Talk about good guard play in the tournament. Uh, that's usually Villanova, and uh, and ultimately they got the win. But I thought that was on par for what I expected Ohio State to do. At least made it a game. Yeah, no. As we turn to the Midwest, we have two uh, Big Ten teams out there in the Midwest. Iowa was one that I thought uh, just was so hot with their versatility and the, the style of play and the and 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 the multitude of of different long type of players that they had. I thought they would give themselves a good run uh, to to run in the tournament. Obviously, Richmond thought different and changed that whole narrative and and. Uh, uh, Richmond goes on to, to face a, a really tough Providence team and got blown out. And so um, they, they ultimately came up short. Very disappointed in Iowa. How about you? Yeah, I mean, that was the hot team that, that a lot of people chose that thought they could make a run. And, of course, every every year there, there are those upsets. And like you said, it doesn't help Iowa, the fact that uh, that Richmond didn't go on to look particularly strong in the second round. Um, and, I, and I'm sad. I, I mean, I thought Keegan Murray, who's – kind of been the story of the Big Ten, at least over the second half of the year, uh, and playing some of the best ball across the country, didn't wasn't able to make a run. Obviously, if you're a Nebraska fan, you don't like Iowa, so maybe not too hurt about this one in particular. But, uh, you know, I, I thought this was, as far as a team that was playing well and, you know, just kind of had the pieces in place to make a run in this tournament, I thought that was them, um, maybe more so than anybody else. So that was the biggest hit for the Big Ten, without a doubt, in my mind, even though they were just a five seed. They were 
a hot team in the in, you know the country saw them as a team that could make a run not just here in the Big Ten footprint but around the nation a lot of people picked them um, so just very disappointing um, and you know it, it's just one of those games again like I said with Jabari Smith the other day um, you know he wasn't able to find the bucket in this case Keegan Murray did okay they just didn't have the supporting cast around him as much as they had um, through a majority of that run his brother only had three points that game Jordan Bohannon um, just with six so you know it, it just it just wasn't meant to be, I suppose, for him. It, it, it's, it is starting to get to a point where I might not bet on Fran McCaffrey in the tournament anymore because he's just got uh, a lot up yeah. against him. You know, he gets there uh, often, but not a whole lot of wins there. Yeah, and now as we, we turn and we go down and we look at the Midwest and we find that, uh, uh, again, in the Midwest, we find that Wisconsin has a three seed, faced the number 14 seed in Colgate. Uh, some thought that this probably could have been one of those ones that you keep your eye on. Uh, Colgate uh, came in. They were playing very well. They actually led 52 to 48, uh, you know, with three minutes left in the game. And um, I'm sorry, with 1040, so halfway through the first half. But then in this, in, in you know, <laughs> with, uh, you know, they didn't score again until like, three minutes or something left in that, in that half. They just, they got really cold, good defense by Wisconsin. They turned up a notch. Johnny Davis went nuts and had a 25 point game and eight rebounds. He looked like the stellar all American that he was. And then only to find themselves playing against an Iowa state team who is locked down D in their pedigree and came up short with 54 to 49 losing Chucky Hepburn to an injury as well. Yeah, in that that game, I you know I, I can maybe echo the sentiments we heard from Simple there. That was tough to watch too. That uh, that Iowa State Wisconsin one, um, and those you know Wisconsin definitely kind of a defensive program. Um, maybe could have made the difference if Chucky Hepburn was was out there. I think probably maybe would have, but ultimately you know it's just kind of how it plays out. That was an ugly game. I'm not you know congrats to Iowa State and moving on. I'm not sure if they're one of the best 16 teams in the country because of it, um, but uh, yeah we'll see how it plays out Johnny Davis too um you know played well he's just he's going to get 20 shots a night you know he's not always the yeah. most consistent there beyond there so he, he shot four of 16 um from the floor uh oh of seven from beyond the arc you know but he wasn't the only guy that zeroed in ultimately got 17 points they just couldn't shoot very well and it was just sloppy sloppy ball that was uh you know there's a lot of point in this tournaments where the athleticism kind of jumps out at you and you look at those teams you go that doesn't look like you know nebraska i suppose or you know you know something but that game did not i mean that game was sloppy yeah, for me, I think one of the biggest disappointments after you, you know, you had a really good first four, uh, first four in uh, game in Indiana. You find yourself a 12 seed out there in the East, and, and you go up against St. Mary's. Now, don't get don't get it twisted. St. Mary's is not an easy win by any stretch of the imagination. But at the end of the day, you know, 20 is a twump. They got almost thrumped. They got almost <laughs> beat by 30 in, in a game that I expected to be so much more closer. I thought that uh, Trace Jackson uh, Davis would would kind of help to mitigate some of that. They obviously just played very poor in that game and got thrumped by uh, St. Mary's. And St. Mary's moves on, uses loses to UCLA uh, pretty handily. And so at that point, it makes it feel even more disappointing because UCLA kind of dominated St. Mary's in that next game thereafter. 
Yeah, and it's, it's interesting, too, because Indiana basketball is much in the position that Nebraska football is in. Uh, and so it kinda, I naturally have that comparison and kind of think, was this a successful season for Indiana? They don't often win tournament games over the last like, 10, 15 years. Like, seriously, they're pretty comparable to Nebraska football where it's been a while since they've been relevant. They had, you know, the, those few years where they had Oladipo and stuff like that. So, I mean, there are, you know, minute differences between Nebraska and Indiana where they've, they've had some success. Of course, Nebraska football, you can point back to some, you know, Dominican Sue. I'm not sure if that's the same level of success they had because I think they're number one seed in the tournament. But in any case, it's a, it's a, it's a blue blood that hasn't uh, been shining too, too much lately. So I, I thought it was fascinating to look look on Twitter, just the reaction from Indiana. Maybe it was because they got blown out and it's kind of an embarrassing performance. Um, but a lot of people questioning whether they had a successful season this year uh, under Mike Woods in his first year. And I thought, I think absolutely, you know, it, it, they put themselves on the map um, as a 12 seed, not expected to win that game. Like you said, I would have expected a better effort from them, but I, I think they're heading in the right direction. So the the fact that they, you know, this game went ugly, you know, it's not the way that you want it to end. But I think a successful season in year one for Mike Woodson has the Hoosiers, uh, you know, looking, you know, pointing up, looking up in the future. Yeah, one that's shining bright for me is is Purdue. It's one of the ones that I've kind of had my eye on. I've kind of been focused on. I've actually put my bet on. Uh, not that I bet money, but so so to speak, that I put bet it in my bracket. And I took them deep. Uh, came up against Yale. Um, that was really not anything that I expected to even be a, a run for them. Uh, but then found themselves against the hot, tough, you know, hard-nosed Texas team, and just 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 played their tails off. Scored 81 points against a really tough Texas team, and ended up beating them by 10. So I got Purdue uh, making some noise, uh, going deep. They're facing the Cinderella. Uh, team of the tournament right now in St. Peter's who has been giving people the business uh, in their games as of late. And so you can't overlook this team by any stretch of the imagination. They're playing hard. They're getting after it. They're doing all the things fundamentally right. They're playing unselfishly. And St. Peter's face Purdue. And so how do you fare going forward? Is this going to be the team that makes the Big Ten shine bright or are they going to uh, be the disappointment as the Big Ten has been so far. <laughs> I think this is the team that, that, that makes it uh, shine bright, like you were saying. Uh, the problem for a lot of people is uh, believing in Matt Painter. Like I said earlier, maybe with Fran McCaffrey, certain people's resumes start to stack up against him. I think he had one Elite Eight run um, this far in his career, which is obviously you know amazing, but you know for, with all the talent that he's had uh, there, you would think that maybe he could do a little bit more. This is a talented team, though. Do not do not get that across. It's a tough matchup for anybody. Zach Eady, um, um, at seven foot four presents enough problems. Jaden Ivey, probably the most explosive player, maybe in NCAA, you know, certainly. In this, and he fits in, in that Bryce tournament. McGowan conversation as well. That's oh, yeah. another one. <laughs> and he hit, and he hit though. He hit some huge threes against Texas. Huge didn't, didn't hit threes all day, but when they needed him, they went to him. And I think that that's the difference. I, you know, I, I, I was a little bit hesitant, a little gun shy on Purdue just because of Matt Painter's past and being stung there too many times by picking him. But I do think that this is the best big 10 team. And for what it's worth, they've got a favorable bracket. I know St. Peter's um, has been playing hot, but, you know, they're a 15 seed, so you should be able to take care of them. Same thing with UCLA, North Carolina. On the other 
top of that bracket is that those teams are hot, you know, so maybe better than the seed, at least North Carolina is, and UCLA uh, made the Final Four run last year. So there, there's respect for those teams, don't get me wrong, um, but, you know, it's not chalk like there it is in other brackets. Um, the, 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 the two seed, the one seed are out of that bracket, so Purdue should be the favorite, um, and I, I think that they've got what it takes to win the whole thing. Um, and maybe I'm just riding high off of seeing Jaden Ivy do that, but I think there's a chance he's the best player in this tournament, and he certainly made that case against Texas. Yeah, and and we're going to dig into it. We're going to get our Final Four predictions. We're up against a break right now. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back, have our Final Four predictions as it looks right now, the way the brackets are set, and then we'll come back and we'll talk maybe a little bit more about Nebraska basketball when we get back.